Hey, welcome everybody. I, I just like to kind of check out every face that's here, so I'm going to stand for a minute. You're very serious looking. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. Catch your serious face there. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for having me back here in this neck of the woods, which I always enjoy so much. See if you can just come out of your head. <laughs> yeah, switching my phone is that's probably like put them on silent or something. down into your body, <coughs> as if you're looking from inside your body, not from behind your eyes. talk to that part of you that's perceiving from a place that's not originating in your brain. So because you have this beautiful body this time around, it comes with it, this whole package of neurology. This whole nervous system, it's absolutely beautiful, but it distorts how you hear, how you perceive, how you understand, and most of all, it distorts your own identity. Stay listening from inside your torso. Stay listening from down deep, even deeper than your belly, maybe from your pelvic bowl, if you're listening from there. Drop down. Whatever you've known to be true, always. And you mightn't have words for it. And there are no words for it. And that's okay. But the neurological setup wants words, labels, understanding, distraction. Novelty, 
change, excitement. It has an insatiable appetite. But that's just the mind. It's just a circuitry of electrical pathways in your brain. You're not that. Down deep inside you, stay there. And if you ask down deep inside you, well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? If you get a few sentences of an answer, then your brain has cranked up a response and it's taken over. And you've shifted to listening to your brain instead of the core of your being. right down inside. For most people, when we ask, what's, what's wrong with this? Or, what do I need now? What do you need now? You might get no answer, and you might get the word nothing. to try and line up your brain with that inner knowing that's inside you. If we can encourage our brains to bow down to the inner wisdom that's inside us, if we can change the sequence so that the inner wisdom comes first, and that what's created out of matter comes second. And the brain is created out of matter. It really does come second. One way of lining them up is by telling your mind that this is as good as it gets. Your life right now, your life, your thoughts, your emotional being, your bank account, this is as good as it gets. All of it. But when the mind is constantly rejecting the way things are right now, it's not still enough to drop in to pure consciousness itself. And we tend to look to the mind for answers, and the mind will only look to external things for answers. So we're off in that cycle of being lost in the story of our life. 
So I want to change a circuitry here with you. Inviting your mind to accept the fact that this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. I remember when the National Lottery started in Ireland. And they did a study some, I don't know, maybe 10 years later or something, looking at the whole phenomenon of lottery winning and what did it do to people. And they found that two years after an enormous lottery win, people reverted to the exact same state of mind prior to the win. They were exactly in the same. It just distracted them for two years, that's all it did. But they were exactly where they were. Whether they had more material possessions or blew the whole lot, it really didn't matter. They were saying, actually, I feel the very same as I did before the win. Two, two years for the chaos to calm down. There is nothing in the outside world that's going to permanently be an answer for you, be the solution for you. There is nothing that can do it. That's the joke. That's the cosmic play. Nothing on the outside can do it. It can't. If it could, we'd all be queuing up and we'd be just after that thing and it would work, you know? The solution would be something external. It's not. The solution is internal. It is. We know it. But we dip in and we leave it because we're, we kind of want something better on the outside simply because we're listening to the mind. We're just listening to the yakety yak of that neurological concoction of impulses. We turn it into story and we give it meaning and we say it's important and we think it'll make us happy. But this is as good as it gets. The state of mind you have now, this is as good as it gets. It might deviate a little bit, but really, this is as good as it gets. You're still just going to have yourself to deal with. Give your mind permission to accept that this is as good as it gets. Your mind is in service to pure consciousness. Whatever that is for you, that which underpins everything, that which is in this, the same in everything, that which moves everything, or that which is nothing with a capital N. I mean, it's nothing, totally nothing. And that's fine too. So what if your mind is to serve the core of your being? This, the, the gut, but deeper than the gut. You know, gut instinct kind of comes from there, but I'm talking about something deeper. So whether you have a strong intuition or not, mm, mm, go deeper than that. That kind of still, solid, rock, or a cushion, it can appear as a cushion, like a soft landing place. And it doesn't have any story, you see. But yet, it's full of wisdom. 
yet it directs everything. It just doesn't have to think about it. Doesn't have to think about it. Hooray! And what do we do? We say, no, 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 my mind has to be in charge here because we're so used to having our brains running the show that we, we, we don't listen to this automatic movement forward and we imagine that by superimposing our thinking system on top of it, we'll do a better job, actually. We'll improve on it. Joke is on us, folks. The joke is on us. <laughs> so if this makes sense to you, change the sequence. Is your mind going to bow down to that which moves? That, you can call that beingness, you can call it the core of your being, you can call it God, you can call it nothingness, you can call it the emptiness. Any label at all will do. That inner wisdom, that all-knowing, but it doesn't know what it knows. It, it's not using labels and words, it's much more refined. That essence. Can that be number one? Can that guide your way forward? Your mind is going to do its level best to sabotage that. But it's up to you. Where, where are you looking from? Are you down here or are you up in cuckoo land from someplace from the chin up <laughs> up there where it's just crazy, wacky, fluttering, yakety yak, yakety yak, any story will do. What were you thinking about three minutes ago? You don't know. What are you going to be thinking about in a minute's time? What were you thinking about two thoughts ago? Gone. Oh, but when you're thinking it, it's very important. Because it gets all your attention, no? Think look at it, it's so fickle. You know, it's just so fickle. Don't listen to it. It will always be busy. It's always going to be saying some old garbage. But the thing is, you know, let the volume be lower. If something else that's deeper is driving the body-mind mechanism, your character, your personality, if something deeper is actually taking the initiative all the time, it doesn't matter what it's saying. It will automatically be turned down because your attention has gone back to source. It's not just up here from the neck up. Your attention is inside. For some, the attention feels like it's kind of outside your head even, behind, back, out there. And for others, and I think I've never met somebody that this doesn't work on, so I'm going to give you this trick for dropping into that place. Because if, for example, you have anxiety or depression or, you know, you're very worried about something, if your mind is very active, it's very hard to drop in. It's like, gosh, I can't find that place. I'm just caught up in my story. Here's a way to find that that seems to work for everybody. Imagine that down the side of your body, that there's a, there's a slice, that there's a line down the side, not, not the center, but down the side of your body, the whole way down. Put your attention behind that midline. 
So it's like you've been sliced from front to back. And put your attention behind that midline. It's kind of the God place, yeah? It's a great little technique. It does something to our neurology and thump. You're listening. Can you find it? Yeah. It's a lovely one. You can do it anywhere. And the more often that you practice that, it's like whoop, drop back. The more often that you practice it, the more you're 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 listening to the to the mind actually reduces. The volume of the mind goes down because you're not invested in it. All your attention isn't there promoting it to find the new, the new, the new. What's next? What's next? Or let's go back to yesterday. The speed of your mind slows down because you're not feeding that with, with all the blood supply. You know, you're just not sending your life force there. Put your body behind that midline. Or put your attention behind the midline down the side of your body. And if mind complains about it, here's the thing to tell it. This is as good as it gets. Mm. <laughs> it's wired to want more. It's, it's just wired. That's what just keeps us going. Otherwise, why would we do anything? You know, it's part of the mechanism just to keep us striving and improving, and it's a beautiful part of being human. But if you're sitting in a hall like this, you know there's something more. And you'll have the maturity enough to actually continue with your life without just, oh, I'm just going to lie on the sofa and wait to wake up because I don't have to do anything. It's like, mm, it's not quite like that. Life continues. Life continues. But where are you looking from? What are you invested in? What's driving the ship? And your life might change, and your friends might change, and you might find... Oh God, I've no inner pull at all to go to that event. And I kind of need to go to show up to, to play my performer role, you know? So these choices come. Be brave, have courage. Because you're either bowing down to that inner movement or you're bowing down to your mind. And the games of something out there will, will help me to... distract myself, gain more, which of course it doesn't, because it's always temporary, it's the next one, and the next thing, and the next thing, and darn, it's exhausting, mm -hmm. it's exhausting. So a shift in our lifestyle does come, it comes, and, and somehow it's okay, the fear of it is worse than actually the, the change itself, you know? The idea of it, as usual, the mind's version of what will happen is worse than the actual event itself.
So is your attention still behind that midline? And if mind pops up, oh, well, I remember this tomorrow. Oh, this is great, but gosh, it's kind of boring. You know, what time is it? Everyone start asking questions. It's like, it's okay, this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. It's very important when the mind cranks up, do you give it your attention or do you not? You've got to be able to kind of crack that one and say like, ah, I see you. I see you, mind. I see you. There you go again. I see you. I see you. I'm not buying it. No matter what it comes up with, I'm not buying it. Watch the boredom come up and watch the distraction come up and watch the anger come up. I hate this. <laughs> you know, like this is what mind can do, no? They turn any kind of garbage, like anything at all. Whatever your value system is, your sense of right and wrong, they're the most potent ones. They're the most potent ones. The ones that bow down to your own value system. They're the ones that catch you every time because we tend to be attached to our value system. So either that has to go. Alrighty. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Chair is open. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so why would that bother you so much? What's the mind have to say about being recorded? Somebody I know might see it at some point. And what's the worst thing about that? If it's my family. <laughs> what's the worst thing about your family seeing it? And what's the worst thing about exposure? Great. <laughs> so your self-image will get hammered? Yes. Do you have the courage for that? Really? Really? You're at satsang and you don't have the courage for your self-image to be hammered? Okay, so your mind says you don't have courage. Pure consciousness itself, the inside <coughs> essence, doesn't even engage in that dialogue. Yes, it doesn't. It also doesn't engage in the dialogue of mind to come up with. Correct. But yet, it might come up anyway. 
That's the weird thing. So is the movement from inside to come up or not? But you've got to be really clear that your mind isn't jumping in now. You've got to go into your, behind the midline. And see if it moves your body up to the chair. It doesn't. All right. Great. Let's see what cooks. Because it's all about that. It's all about pure consciousness only. Not concepts driving your way forward, but what you really are. It's like we have to get out of the way. You know? And, and let that which is moving all of us, instead of trying to improve on it. And all we're doing is, is screwing it up, screwing up for ourselves. That, that's all we're doing, really. It's playing the game to continue the drama, to continue the story. That's all we're doing. We make it worse by engaging our, our thoughts and giving them that kind of power. Great. Let's see if it moves your body up later. Great. Nice one. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming back. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> uh, I have one question. Um, about three years ago, uh, I was having a, a shower. Yeah. I was taking a shower. And suddenly I opened my eyes, and then I was like in the back. My body was like right here, yeah. and I couldn't find myself. I don't know where I was, but I was seeing myself. It was like I was there, but I was also like, like over here, I don't know where. Yes. And I, I came out of the shower, and I saw people that were in the room, and I suddenly realized that they weren't real, and, and that anything wasn't real, but... That just like hit me real hard, and I became afraid. Ah, fear came. Yes, I became real afraid. Yeah. Because there was my wife there. I said like, she's real. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but that happened, and 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 a lot of thoughts started to come up, but they were like appearing and dissolving, like that, and 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 before that, I was totally identifying suffering. And I, I was seeing the thoughts like that, really, really dissolving. But there was one that catch me. The one, this was this thought. Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Because I, I experienced the fear. It was a lot of fear. But there was also a lot of tremendous peace. Tremendous peace. And, and, and bliss also in there. Uh, and and also the fear in my, in my gut, a lot of fear, a lot, a lot. And like I said, that thought came, is this it, is this it? And I was looking in the mirror, 
in the bathroom, is this it, is this it? And I don't know when, but uh, I became totally identified with the body again. Yes, yes. And uh, that happened. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, but that happened there, but the, uh, the next days, I was, like they say, in heaven. Yes. In heaven. It was like heaven on earth. Yes. But uh, later on, a day come, the, the next day, and then the next day, and I started to identify with all my thought processes again. Yeah. And almost, almost everything came, came up again. Uh -huh. Several things were burned. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Because I used to drink, it that God. immediately uh, uh, went, Jeez. and I was a I was a, a bit of a heavy drinker. Okay, and that fell away, and another things and some other things, but I became identified with the body again and with the thought process, and I started suffering again, not with the same intensity yes. that that before, mm -hmm. not not like that. Mm -hmm. Just in, in some days. <laughs> so my my question is: uh, uh, Is there a way to come up, to come back to that place again? Yeah, I tried it. Probably a few instances, but See, it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's beautiful. And it's, it's not been the same. Yeah. It's not been the same, but there's there's this identification going on. Yeah. And since then, I, I started watching all the YouTube videos and yeah. and, 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 and listening to, to, to know what happened. Yes. And reading books yes. for about two years now. Yeah, very good. Because that happened two years ago. Yeah. And um, so now I, I don't... Uh, you I, know I what like, happened, though? You know what happened? Um, you, you have an understanding that you're happy with. Um, okay, I I think I know, but I'm not sure huh. if that makes sense. I don't know. Huh. I think that there's a place in me that haven't uh, accepted that, integrated that. Yeah. But it's in my mind. I yes. know it's a thought. It's a thought. Yes. That is only telling me that. Yes. And I sometimes believe it. Yes. 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 The fact that things have burned out, that you, when, when you came back in, you didn't quite fit this exact same mold. Some parts of the mold were broken down. Yes. It didn't quite fit. That's the integration. That's the integration. So it's never going to feel totally integrated because the mold is, you don't fit the same mold. Okay. You see? So it's going to feel like you're not fully, you haven't fully integrated it. But that's a symptom because your, your baseline mold is different. Some things burned away. <coughs> so you can't click into who you were. So you're not going to feel like you fully integrated it. Okay. When, you see? Yes. So when we have big spiritual experiences, it feels like they're not fully integrated. It, that's, that's the characteristic. It, it's like I can't fully integrate it. I can't because some part of me is gone. My baseline is, is less. Mm -hmm. Me as a human being, there's less of it there. So, so the template has changed. So that's the, I'm not, it's not fully integrated. That's, that's that part. Okay. So what I'm interested in, when people have experiences like this, two things. One is that 
you never have the same experience again because the contrast between who you were, the heavy drinker guy identified lots of suffering, who you were and you going into pure consciousness, the outside of all of it, the distance between who you were and the outside of all of it will never again be as big. Okay. You see? Yes. Because something broke down and you were more evolved when you came back. You see? So, so the distance would never be as big. So it'll never be as dramatic again. Okay. Okay? okay. And it's important to know that because yes. it kind of makes you stop searching for bells and whistles and fireworks and that experience. You, you can't get it again. You can't. Because the gap is less and less now. You see, as you do the work and listen to YouTubes and you're, you're at it. You're on the road, you know? Yes. So, so you're, you're, you're going gradually on the path now. Gradually, gradually. Another little bit. Another little bit. And some changes you might notice and some changes we don't. Mm -hmm. You see? So, but, so the contrast is less all the time. Okay, so the second thing then is I'm always interested to see what was, was it that mind said that got you interested in mind again? Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, um, fear. Yes. Fear. And paranoid things. Projections. I mean, I mean not in a sick way, but, yeah. but projections and things like that. And the fear arose again, and I was... Yes. Yes. That was it. Fear. Yes. So, let's say some of the fears are, from your story, I'm just kind of pulling out, that I won't be able to connect with my wife in the same way, right? Because you, you said you saw that she wasn't, she wasn't real. Oh, yeah. At All that right? time, mm. yes. Mm. But since I've been watching videos and stuff... Mm. That fear is gone. Ah, okay. Yeah, that fear is gone. All right. It, it took a lot of time. Yes. A, a lot of time, but it's not, it's not here anymore. Okay. What fears are alive? Like, uh, more as the social ones. Uh, because I'm a, I'm a very shy person and very solitary person. And when, when I'm with a lot of people, like right, right now, is to, uh, I get like, I get afraid I get afraid, and I don't know what to say, and I don't know how to fit, and I don't know yeah. if it's okay, and those yes. kind of things, yes. lesser things, but big yes. for me. Yes, <laughs> but they didn't stop you tonight. No, no. How come? Because I felt something more powerful than that. I was feeling my gut with a lot of noise, and yes, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because those fears might always be there in low volume. That might be just part of your personality, that there's a bit of social nervousness or awkwardness or it's just not a comfortable place for you. That's fine. But does it stop you from doing something? Ah, here's the question. So to, to reconnect, that is it. To reconnect and be directed from that place that the mind just, it goes yakety yak with its story, but, but the action happens in spite of what the mind says. The action comes from another place. That is it. That is what it's like to live out when you're fully awake. That's what it's like. That every movement comes from another place. That your mind has no power to direct you. Oh, I see. I, because I had the idea that I shouldn't have, I shouldn't 
feel these things so powerful, these fears so powerful, yeah. of the or this awkwardness so powerful. There was this thought, there is this thought, that yes. I shouldn't feel like this. Yes, they're fine. Every expression of being human is fine. They're all there. But do they, if, if we're identified with them, if we're running the I story, then they will direct your action. You'll obey those thoughts. But they can still be there, but you still put yourself in a scenario in front of this group of people. You, you, you still took the action, and it just the other movement is stronger. Mm -hmm. So the volume is lower. That's the difference, because there's no identification with it. It can be there, but because it doesn't have identification, the only thing you're honoring is the core of your being, is the essence. Mm -hmm. So it loses its power. But it can talk all it's like. It can do the very same stories. And that's what they mean by that old phrase around, you know, before I woke up, I carried wood and I... No, I, I chopped wood and I carried water. And after I woke up, I did the same thing, you know? Or first there was a mountain, then the mountain disappeared, and then the mountain came back. That's what they're talking about. The same ding-dong-dally-doo garbage that goes on in your head for most of your life, pretty much the same crap goes on after awakening. Okay. But you don't listen to it. It's like, uh, you've just no interest in it. It's just a radio. So all the thoughts are fine. They're thoughts. What, are you bowing down to your mind or what moves you? That's the thing to work on. Because then you're changing the volume. You're operating from the outside of all of it, where you went that day and after the sh in the shower. You're operating from there. The movement is originating from there. Even if you can't have a sense of it in your mind. It's like, what's the movement from back there? What would happen here? Let that get louder. Let that get stronger. Let it be your master, so that your mind bows down to that. Okay. You see? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and that breaks identification, because if you're not identified, sure, the mind is powerless. You know? If you believe you're under threat, then you believe your thoughts. But it's like, yeah, that's my mind running that old paranoid story. So, let's see if I move up. When there's no identification, you'll either come up or you won't, but it won't be in obedience to the mind. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you're working on what the fears are. You know, you've processed the one with your, with your wife. You're, you're moving through stuff. Because, you know, even if, if you get another, an, another big opening, you know, you might, you might not. But if you get another one, it won't be as big. The, the, the other day? Yeah. Uh, after the one that I talked to you about, I had another one when I was jogging. Yeah. But it lasted 10 seconds, something yes. like that. Yes, yes. And then it never happened again. It never happened again. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And it's fine. It really might never happen again. Don't go after it. Okay. Don't go after it. But go after the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Believing your thoughts. Letting them be in charge of your experience. Whoa. That's mm -hmm. what we stop. And that's every single moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, my mind is doing some crazy garbage now. Like, just drop that story. All right. What's, what's going on from the deeper place? And what you're doing is you're just giving space for the wider view to act through you. And it might do nothing. It might be just, actually, I'm just going to sit here because there's nothing happening. Because that has happened. Because um, days when I, when I, there's nothing to do. 
mean, yes. there's nothing to think. Yes. There's nothing to engage in. There's yes. nothing to talk about. Yes. And and I just stay in silence okay. for, for for long periods of time. Yes. But then the mind comes back and drags me. Well, yes. I, I, I allow, uh-huh. allow it to drag me. Yes. Do you know why you allow it to drag you? Like, does boredom come in? Does some sense of, I should be doing something? What's the belief? Yes, that I should. Aha, uh-huh. all right. I should. Yeah, we usually have beliefs that are hidden, that, mm. that trigger us to believe a thought. Mm-hmm. You see? Because okay. if you're believing your mind, it's like, okay, what was the belief that I didn't even see that was active before I jumped into my thoughts for the mind drag me? What was the belief? Okay. Go after this layer. What okay. are the beliefs? You believe that, yeah, I should. It's better if I... So, so is it... Um, I don't know... How, what word to use because I'm not too good at the English but okay. is it correct to for if if I if I cannot if one idea is very is very obsessive and, and I cannot drop it uh, is it good is it correct to go to therapy for that no to, therapy, of course. to psychotherapy and you say, can do anything oh. you want to do okay you can do anything <laughs> Okay. See if the movement comes from the deeper part of you, and it might bring you into therapy. Yep. To like, I, I need to unravel this. But if you, if you're doing the therapy route, go in to unravel something, and when it's done, get out. Yes. Yes. That was what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, ah, this is about some nut. I haven't seen the core of this. Yeah. Go and get that pulled apart. Yeah. Pull that apart, and you find the core belief, and get out. I can, it can be more practical. Oh, yeah, it's very way. practical. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's a, like a laser into a, a hard nut. Yeah. You know, it's like cut into this. What's, what's the core of this? Because some things won't drop. And you're like, this one, I can't drop it. I can't. It just pulls me in every time. I'm stuck in the story every time. Yeah. Use any method at all. Okay. Yeah. Any tool at all that you have available to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I don't have words to, words to, to say, but this is very beautiful. This yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah, this is so so beautiful. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it, it is because it's it's truth talking to truth, you know, and saying, look, we're imagining we're here on a Friday night. We're just imagining that we're we're making this up as we go along. We're just imagining this. Us as pure consciousness, not the individual mind, you know? We're, we're, just, we're just playing a game. But all, all the time, there's just beauty. There's just love. There's just exquisiteness. You know? That's really what's there all the time. Yes. Hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Jack, 
are you saying that? Would you like to come up? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let the body come up. Thank you. Hi. Um, hi. Are you saying when we put ourselves be, behind our other half, that is a practice to begin to slip from our mind into our more conscious? This is consciousness we're it's talking consciousness. about? consciousness, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if we begin to purposely practice this, yes. we can become more conscious. But that's different than awakening. Is that right? So awakening is, is when, well, actually different teachers call it different things. Um, so an experience of awakening is like the last gentleman said. It's like, woof. He just knew he wasn't the guy that he, his mind was telling him he was. And it's said that we are awake when, when you totally see through who you thought you were. Mm-hmm. So, so doing something like that, what it does is it changes your neurology because when, when we awaken and it becomes permanent, we use, dif- we use our brain differently. So this, I'm, I'm always interested in techniques that help to rewire the brain. Mm-hmm. Do you know, reciting mantras helps, for sure it helps. But it's just not that easy in our culture. It, it just doesn't come easily. So I'm always kind of trying out what, what, what works, what changed the neurology. Because when I look at somebody, I can tell if they're running a nice story or not when they're talking to me. And it's like I can see where they're at. And when somebody speaks from their attention is back there, there is no self-referencing happening. None. The running, running the functioning of the world through its impact on me and how am I doing here and me, myself, I, that stops. Hmm. So when we stop using the self-referencing network for some time, it tends to burn out because simply because we're using other neurological pathways and the brain is plastic is the word that they use. It's, it's reshaping itself and rewiring and running different networks all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of us notice the burning out of the self-referencing in that, like, that was actually the, the moment of no return. Of, I, from then, I never believed that I was Jack again after that, for example. Some of us recognize the moment and some of us don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know anything about anything happening in my brain. I just haven't believed a thought for years. Haven't you believed my own thoughts for years? And I know I'm not this person. And I don't know when the shift really happened. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, it's like that. Subtle. Subtle. Softening. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So I had an experience when my mother passed. I was with her at home, and she was in a hospice bed and with hospice nurse. And I never really quite understood it. But I was standing on a, uh, the terrace outside of the room, and something hit me in the back of my head and flew ahead mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bird. Mm-hmm. And the nurse called me in, and my mother passed. Mm-hmm. From that moment on, for probably three or four months, I was in pure rapture. <laughs> I, I felt as if she had taken me partway with her. Yes. And, yes. I mean, it was just the most magnificent way to live yes. and there was no self-referencing at that time yes 
And then it slipped back. <laughs> I slipped back, or whatever yeah. happened, happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then five years later, I was with a, a healer in, um, from Brazil, and uh, while meditating, a, the top of the tent opened up, and I saw, um, well, for lack of a better word, spirits, like ghosts, just happily hovering around. And again, I went into that rapture for several months, and, and then I'm back again. So, uh, and I notice from what you said tonight that I've been chasing that again. Mm. It's like, this isn't it. This is not where I'm at, where I'm living, what I'm doing. I'm just waiting for that next hit. So then recently my, uh, my baby brother passed, his wife is here in the audience as well, and I asked him to take me with him. I said, take me with you halfway so I can experience what you're going to experience and just then I'll come back down again and you know it happened again uh, and it lasted again for a couple months and then it's gone again but I do chase it I feel like now my um, mission in life <laughs> is to chase that rapture crazy huh mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I know so I think tonight what I'd like to do is kind of blow that myth. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's painful. It's like yes. nothing's it. Nothing is it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's a very interesting way to be, to be given a glimpse, mm-hmm. you know, and really you're kind of, you know, being gifted something from somebody's transition because so much light comes in, especially if we're if we know we're going to pass, if we're if we're mm-hmm. accepting it, if we're some way okay with it. Doesn't happen quite so quite so dramatically with with a sudden or a tragic or a murder or something like this. It, it's oh, it, it tends to be kind of turbulent. Mm-hmm. Some resolution is needed. But both with passings, such as you said, yes, they're giving you a gift, totally giving you a gift. It's like somehow you're traveling with their energy field through their transition. Right. Most people can't sustain the, the, the elevation that they get through the process of dying. They usually can't sustain it. It's just in comes the crap and they drop. Just the same as us. Yes. We have a lovely experience and we're like blissed out or whatever it is or just it's clear. Everything is clear for a few months and in comes the crap. It's the same thing when somebody passes. They, yeah, yeah, they have to do the work until it's done, you know. Some of them stay, but simply the same as here. Some people get a glimpse and they stay awake. It's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not the so, norm. Yeah. No, most of us are on the progressive path, chiseling away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, incrementally. Incremental, yeah, incremental. But every now and then, a, a, you know, a chunk, you know? So, uh, yes, waiting for somebody else to gift it to you, you might be waiting. You might have to drive the ship yourself. Ah, okay, I like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be hanging around looking for people who are... <laughs> what a Don't thought! Give me. <laughs> what a thought! 
That's perfect. That, 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 that actually releases me. It does release you. Yeah, it, it does. Because you're not yeah. dependent on anything external. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. One other thing was yes. the day my brother passed, my sister-in-law was with me, she nearly left with him with a heart. Ah. With, I mean, she had a complete heart issue that day. Correct, Mary? And we... Energy. Yeah. 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 We thought she was going as well, and you know, we asked them to you know, cut it out. Yeah, yeah, let her here. Yeah, she's got another bit to do. Yeah, and is that a possibility that happens with people? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm complete. Yeah. All right. So are you going to drive the sh- drive the ship yourself? I'm driving this ship home. Yeah. <laughs> so the other important thing to do is if if you can get some insight, and if you can't, it's fine. If you can get some insight into what made you cruise back into the old self-referencing stories again. Yes. Maybe it was just laziness. Yeah. You know, just like it just kind of happened. Right. Because you just didn't know to be kind of vigilant and watching it and saying, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to hold on to this new neurology now, actually, this mm-hmm. new perspective. I'm going to work at keeping it because the mind will do its best. Really, you know, the world will do its best to pull you back in. That's okay. really... Another way to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's clear. I have noticed, though, enormous, I mean, inability to integrate. Yeah. Um, and also um, a softening around many things that you, you would really just, I couldn't tolerate before. Yes. Those incidents happened. Uh-huh. It's like now it's just, those things just, I, I'm able to let them be. And it's a very peaceful place. Yes. So something's come from it. Yes. Here's another reference point that might help you. Get really soft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really soft. Mm-hmm. In every part of your being, become soft, pliable, malleable, loose, mm. fluid. Get mm-hmm. soft. Every part of your life, get soft. Wow, that's a beautiful piece. Mm. I like that. Okay. Yeah, it would help you. Mm, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for the awakening. Sure. I, I don't I have a question. I want to have I feel like coming up. That's perfect. <laughs> Sorry. Um... I don't think I've ever had anything close to what you experienced or what you just shared. And so there's that chipping away. And lately I've really been in such peace and okay with everything. Like, this is it. Yes, this is it. And it's beautiful. Yes. There's no more searching. Ah. It seems to be gone. Like something has to happen or... Yes. Yes. So I guess it's more of a report. Yes. Than a question. Indeed. It's just like... Emptying out yes. is, is happening, and, and 
sometimes I wonder, shouldn't I be more involved? But no. Before it was always, you should be doing, you know, uh-huh. you should be serving, you should be doing that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's all fallen away. Yeah. So there's no more searching for anything. There's more of an unfolding uh-huh. instead. Yes. And there's trust in that whatever life wants to do with me is what it's going to do. And it's, it's joyful. Yes. And has there been what in former years you might have seen as a crisis? Has it been tested? Has anything kind of crappy happened to test it? Well, not lately. Uh-huh. Well, yes, it did, actually, because I was in a very short relationship. And, and in the past, oh, I would get so upset. And I, nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> nothing. Uh-huh. All right. I'm totally okay Great. with it. Great. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know my son's death three years ago was a huge um, crisis, and it did open me up to. For sure, it cracked you wide open. It really cracked me open. It did, yeah. It gave you a great gift, you know. Yeah, I know. So, I, I'm, I'm just. Disappearing, I guess. Yes. In in just its own time, there's no big hurrahs or yes. blissful states or anything like that. It's just very nothing. Is it ordinary? Yeah. Yes. It's very ordinary. Yes. I guess that's just what I wanted to share. Yes. Are thoughts believed? Not very long. Yeah. They come and I, I see it, and then there's just the drop. Oh, who sees that? And then it doesn't engage. Some, you know, it can, but not. It doesn't disturb me like it used to. Aha, okay. Because they're there. Yes, they're there. But they don't, they don't disturb me very long. I can just drop it. Because I see that there's always like an energy pull with it if I go with it. So then I just drop down. I, I prefer to stay peaceful. <laughs> yes. And do you prefer to stay peaceful, or is there or just no, a natural? No, the, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. There's just a, the piece is the obvious yeah. one that wants to happen. Yeah. 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 Good question. Yeah. Yeah. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it just occurred to me that you said, even when people <coughs> die, they go into the light and they get bliss and then they have a fall off. How do you know that? I I access a lot of different dimensions and places. And mm. I 
I can work in five or six different dimensions at the same time, and you know, but we all do. It's just that I'm aware of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and people that I've known personally that I've worked with as they were passing, you know, and like, wow, they're out, they're out. Six months later, it's like, oh my God, and I see them and they're up to their same tricks again. It's like, oh my God, they couldn't hold it, they couldn't hold the light, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I've seen that quite a bit. That's a whole new awareness. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, they're not done, they're not done. You know, they just want to go back in for more juice. You know? mm. It's usually kind of nasty habits, you know, habits around, you know, greed or just something that's really based in ignorance and, and usually a play of power. Mm-hmm. They're interested in feeling power, mm-hmm. powerful at some other level. They don't get it that actually outside of any kind of power, man, that's where it's at, you know. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen through power, things like that. That's what pulls them back in. Yeah. yeah. So it's been interesting for myself, but it's because it's like, Jack, like you've got to learn how to know, okay, they can't take any more, let them there. But I seem to have this enthusiasm to just overgive. Right. And that's just one of my personality traits that I would be served better to do something about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? So there's the dynamic. So, mm-hmm. so you know. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Yes. So then it would behoove us to work this lifetime to rid ourselves of these character defects, I would say. Behoove um, us? Behoove us. You know, behoove be, us. Uh, be to service. our benefit. Oh, okay. To, to our, our benefit, our service, to awaken and work on these say character yes. defects before we do make the final essay. Yes. Ah. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's like, hey, you know, I don't feel like doing the work, I'll just top myself actually and I'll accept it and off I go and sure it'll be done. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. It follows you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's an awakening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, that's karma for you, you know? Yeah, right. You know, and, and if you're at the place of where no concept, every concept is seen through, then karma has no validity either. But to get there, you need to be karma free. There's oh. the paradox, you see? Do you see? Yes. Mm. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you? Yeah. There is a level of perception that you'll be familiar with, you know, that this is all just made out of concepts and idea, actually, and none of it is real. Therefore, karma isn't real either. It's just another construct invented by mind. But while there is an investment in your thoughts, there will be karma. There will be, because that's what mind is uh, resourced by. You see? So, so knowing intellectually that there's no karma is not going to work. But clearing your karma gets you to a place of seeing that there never was any in the first place. 
You see, it's an interesting paradox. It's like we just can't cheat ourselves. We can't play intellectual games. We just can't do it. You know, it's, it's not honest, actually. We, we, we can't because consciousness has integrity. We can't bypass it. You know, it has an integrity and an honesty. We can't short-circuit it, you know. You know. Wow. Yeah. May I? Yes, would you like to come up? Uh, I'm comfortable here because my, my questions are short, but... Okay. I, I remember listening to one of your interviews about self-honesty. So I'm now just connecting the self-honesty you just spoke about differently than what I heard when I first heard this mm. conversation. Mm. So you say mm. that one of the things we really uh, should pay most attention to is self-honesty. Yes. And so the reasoning now, I see it in the context of um, awakening and then actually being able to, when we do leave this earth, not have to do so much penance, let's say, that yes. way, coming from the Catholic. Yes, court. sure. Yeah. There's payback, whatever tradition, right. there's payback happens. Yeah. Good, thank you. Yeah. Sure. Great. Yes, Tracy. Hello. Hi. Good to see you. And you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about uh, health issues. Um, because it's something that I'm sure other people can relate to. It it, it pulls me back into the physical. Mm. And I can uh, maybe play with it a little bit. And like if I have a really bad headache... I can take that step back and not identify with that pain, but um, I have an ongoing thing like immune system and allergy and sinus infections, and I can't really, I don't know what to, to do with that because my mind gets very involved with researching and trying different things, and it becomes very absorbing but we can kind of spin our wheels when it comes to health stuff because we feel like there's some control, there's something we want to do, there's something our mind wants to figure out. Is that what's... Is it, is it a spiritual cause of those yeah. things that needs to be dealt with, and how does one do that? Yeah, okay, this, this, this is a huge subject area. <clears throat> Everything can teach us something. Mm -hmm. But is there always a spiritual lesson in a health issue? No. Sometimes it's just cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Dust mites allergy, or it's just a simple thing. Right. Um, it's kind of interesting to, to, yeah, to, I don't know, look up medicine cards or do I Ching or do whatever, something to kind of, okay, is there a spiritual lesson in this? Sure, it's food for the mind and it's interesting mm -hmm. and it might give you a new insight. But I'm really interested in getting the division between the, the body is in pain and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Do you know that place? Mm -hmm. All right. Can you, regardless of the symptoms that are coming up physically can you stay there not very long okay so you have to remember and go back is it is it like a thought that makes you go back it's just an identification with the pain or the discomfort 
and I, I can take a step back from that, um, I guess my question is more like the ongoingness of it, where it's not, um, like a headache is more temporary. Yes. And I can remember to do that, but when it's a long-term thing, I know that I can get caught in the, the mind and trying to fix it or come up with a solution. Okay, so when it happens over time. All right, so what is it that's activated when it's over length of time? Is it like you get annoyed because it's gone on too long? Does it wear you down and you kind of lose your clarity? What, what is it over time? Do you run memory and you say, darn it, I'm still with this thing and it's three months later? All of the above. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When memory gets involved with anything, mm-hmm. with anything, even like, you know, you're having an argument with your partner, you know, and it was the same thing that bothered you about them the last four arguments and it's still there. If you're only having an argument about your husband or with your partner in that day about that thing and you're seeing that that moment is fresh, it's fine. Whereas if you're going to run memory and you know all the other times that this bothered you, you're going to be like a crazy woman. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Mm -hmm. So memory is toxic when it comes when it's used by mind to push away what's happening so i'd love you to practice when a health issue comes up practice no memory mm-hmm. so so that you're not automatically running memory here it's like okay it's hap- it, it's like this for the last three months but that's only a piece of information it has no emotional baggage at all okay. memory is very close to emotion Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so it's like we've got to slice all these things off because this is the ammunition that the mind does to make it a bigger deal than what it really is. Right, and very often that's the thing that's creating creating the stagnancy in our health. Okay, do you see? Yeah, can you feel it? Yeah, a little big, bit. Isn't it yeah, it's the layers. It's the layers that mind uses to make it a bigger thing. Right. Yeah, mine has a lot of fun with that. It has a lot of fun with it. It does. It does. And that's what makes us attached to um, less than optimum health, state of health. Do you see? Mm -hmm. Because because all the other things are in there gluing it together as our story. Okay. Right? So, so, right. So something's happening and it happens to be there for a while. It's like, all right, okay. Can I be totally fine with this? Before we push it away and try and fix it and sort it and control it, can I be totally fine with this? Let's say this, let's say I'm going to die for it, or let's say it's just going to be with me forever. This is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I like that. Can you bring in absolute acceptance? Because if there's acceptance, then you'll know what pure consciousness is going to do with it. Okay. Whereas if you're rejecting it, or it shouldn't be here, or the controller, right. anything that you've mentioned, if these things are activated, no, the mind is motivating something. And, and you're going to be sent on a wild goose chase because it's really in storyland and it's, yeah. it's going to be way off finding the solution. Okay. If, if an issue in your health has absolutely nothing to teach you, you either won't be bothered with it or it could get healed. Okay. Do you know? If it's just, okay, I, there's no memory running, I'm actually fine if it's here, 
it'll either start to resolve itself and it's like, oh my God, look what I just found. Or somebody, so-and-so told me about this thing and it worked. Or all the stickiness with that state of ill health starts to break down. And the universe just says, okay, you're, you're done with that. Okay, come on, out of that. And some way forward is shown. All right. So let's see if you can be totally, totally fine with it. Is there full and total acceptance? And what's the resistance? What's the pushing away? What's the mm-hmm. attachment to youth or good health or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. What's the attachment? Can it all be dropped? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See how you get on playing with that. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to come up? I will come up, yeah. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, too, deal with a chronic health issue and really run between knowing whether I should and have tried completely accept it or say, no, this isn't real, just because of the spiritual practices that I know of where people seem to genuinely get miracle healings or where they're saying, you know, I just don't accept this at all. This isn't evil, no, evil's not real, or maybe evil's real, but, you know, some sort of a guru, enlightened being can heal me. Yes. And this has, like, dogged me for years because my... Spiritual practice around everything else is always accepting everything as it is. Ah. But that hasn't cured me, and I'm really tired of being sick. And so then there's this other path that seems to be helping a lot of people that basically is where you say, no, I'm not going to have you. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. I, I don't know how to... Yes, there's different. If if somebody else, not Tracy, asked the very same question, I would have answered it differently. Okay. Right. So it's 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 everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. So your go-to spiritual practice is accept things as they are. They are. It's it's pretty Buddhist based. Okay. And I've had some. I don't know if I would call them awakenings, but deep enough experiences where I, like um, Carlos was talking about. Okay. So I felt that deep freedom. Okay. Yeah. In not being in control. Yeah. But it's really hard to be this sick. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going, I'm, I'm going after your health, but I'm going around it from the back door, okay? So that's spiritual practice of accepting everything. I'm not even exactly that. Being in a place that doesn't accept the... Re- I'm getting confused now, I'm sorry. It's okay, it's okay. Okay. When, when, when we take that on as a spiritual practice, it... It, 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 it hits a wall 
for a lot of people if their confidence, their self-worth, their own personality is not already strong and healed. Because that work gets hidden behind it. I'm wondering if that's what's going on for you. Because we need to have a personal agenda that's not owned by me, but the character needs it. There needs to be a certain level of assertiveness. There needs to, like, it's fine if we could live in a monastery, but it's not like that. So we have to have certain skills to kind of be rounded and balanced. And that spiritual practice of accepting, accepting what is can cloak over hiding places where the ego never really gets exposed. When, when the ego is mature enough to, to, to fall away and break down, when it's done naturally, it is full of its own self-worth. It, it does believe in itself. It doesn't have self-confident issues. It is assertive. It might be standing at the back, but it's assertive and it's clear. It's not playing those games, right? So if, if that part of the ego is solid, then we kind of intuitively know what to accept what is and what to say, actually, this, this isn't good enough. Because pure consciousness can move through us and say, send that dinner plate back. Send, send that back to the server who just came. You know, It's like it moves through you. Whereas if it's like, no... My lack of assertiveness is very comfortable with this. I'm going to accept this, what is, and accept it. Do you see? So, so it gets tricky there. And I'm wondering if that's what's happened with you around that spiritual practice. Well, I'm, I'm actually an assertive person. Okay. Um... But there's definitely, because I'm working with a teacher right now for the first time in years, because about four years ago, I hit a wall where I couldn't even meditate anymore because okay. so much trauma came Because so much trauma came up. Okay. So there's definitely something at play that needs work. It's, it's not assertiveness in the world. I think it's assertiveness in me. That, that you have or that you don't have? Just to put that no. into a sentence. Um, I'm very assertive in the world, but I'll put myself on a cross internally. Ah, all right, here we have it. Yeah. Here's the inconsistency. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm so glad that you have the outside world part done. That's great. Makes well, it easier. Well done. Makes it a lot easier. <laughs> okay, so what's the value on suffering? What's the, are you running something that's really old around sacrificing and suffering for God? Or what, what are you, what, what, what's, what's the, the grit there? I don't know. Hmm. Um. Is there an idea that if you're carrying it, like energetically, you're shifting it so that other people don't have to carry it in the world. Oh, I'm not that nice. Okay. Um. 
come you've hooked into putting yourself on a cross. What brownie points are you getting for doing that? Because somewhere, that's why we do that. Somewhere we're getting brownie points. Because if I'm even 1% wrong, I know this isn't exactly getting it, but I'm trying to figure sure. out. If I'm in an interaction with somebody, they, they could be 99% wrong. Outside, outwardly, I'm going to say, hey, this is your issue. But if I'm even 1% wrong, I feel like it's my integrity to take it on myself. It's something about needing to be perfect. Yes. But I don't know where there's brownie points from that. Okay. It's not very logical. No, but when you're perfect, obviously, there you get a gold star. It's def- I think it is an early childhood religion, afraid of going to hell thing, playing out. I think. I wish I knew. It's okay. It's okay. You're buzzing <laughs> around it. It's okay. You're buzzing around it. Yeah. I just... So the loop of... If I'm not sure about being perfect, then this is, this is the route that I'll take. Because nothing less than perfect is what I'm accepting. Yeah, there, there's a not believing my own... Um, there's, a, there's a lot of second guessing all the time. All the time. Yeah. Whether I'm treating somebody as absolutely fair and good and giving them every benefit of the doubt. But I have no idea what I'm getting out of it. I don't think it's really a situation of getting things out of it is that's the only, that's the only safety. Yes, it's the safety of it. Yeah. yeah. The certainty. So, so is there a lot of self-doubt? There's a, there's a lot of self-doubt. But there's a lot... I'm way more comfortable being the person needing to change than somebody else. I guess there's more control. Yes. Yeah. Because there, there's no way to control somebody else. Yes. So I think it's more like that makes me feel more in control if I'm yes. going to be the person who... I don't know. I'm not getting to a house here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I've got more control over me than I have over anybody else. So And the thing is we actually don't have any control over ourselves at all. You're you're just you're just running a mind loop yeah, to I like audit, audit, audit your action. Yeah. You know, you're auditing yourself at a at a high level. Um, and making sure that, that, that what what you do is of a certain standard or that you have a certain certainty about your action. Are you saying audit? Yes, A U D I T. Audit, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so the thing is, what if that which moves all is, is, is moving through you, but your mind thinks that you made the decision? What if we don't have free will at all? Oh, we don't. No, we don't. No, I know that. So then when your mind is double-checking mm-hmm. your accuracy mm-hmm. over something that it didn't even decide to do in the first place, it's a bit nuts huh (laughs) it is a bit nuts yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's a bit nuts 
I just came on what it is. It's it's just a fear of God not liking me. Yeah. There's no question in my mind that God doesn't like me. There, I mean, there could be a question in my adult mind, but there's... Yes. That, that's been a given since I was a very tiny child. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not sure what this has to do with health issues, but you said you were circling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine to the root of it someplace else, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. So I have to be perfect. So. Yes. Which, like you said, I can't be. I'm not even the doer here. No, you're not even the doer. And there even isn't an external God. It's just to the mind it wants to make God as an external, but there actually isn't an external objectified God. Actually, once we do this work, we're like, oh my God. (laughs) It's it's not there. It's just another concept, but that's, you know, I can't be said in too many places. (laughs) Because it's valid until it's not valid. So it's... There is a place for it, but, but I'm inviting you to the place of actually, you know, there isn't an external objectified God either. Where you're really going, yeah. where you really are, where you operate from, there's, there's, it's all God. It's all the same thing. And I've known that at sometimes, but I don't know it most of the time. Okay. I remember it. Yes. I remember when I knew it. Yes. But do you trust that? On some level, I, I really trust that. Okay. Work on that trust. Draw up that trust. But fear comes up around it, because if there's not an external God, then who's protecting me? Okay, so the who's protecting me can only come from the dualistic realm, where oh. you would need something. And there, God is external objectified. God is valid there. God is a complete valid concept dreamt into our reality and is authentic there. There is a God there. That's, that makes so much sense, what you just said. That makes things a lot clearer. Yeah, good. Because it, when I am deeper, more awakened, there's not a God. No, there's no or, or else I'm God, but not in the ego sense. Exactly, but, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and then when... And then there's no need for protection. The question of protection doesn't come up when you're in that core place. It doesn't come up at all. It doesn't come up at all. It's no. like, it has no place. There's no validity at all. No. You see? Yeah. So, so what you've done is, is the question of who's protecting me seems to be bleeding into the idea of what it's like when you know that, there's, that it's all God and there's nothing that's not God. Do you see? You're, you're mixing them. I'm mixing the dual and world and the non-dual. You are. Yeah. You are mixing the dual and the dual and the non-dual. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, you, that model of mixing them, we've seen it a few minutes ago when you're talking about about um, uh, accepting. Do, do you see it? You see the, the the spiritual value overlaying on top of a dualistic framework. Mm-hmm. Do you know, accepting what is, that's fine over here, accepting everything what is, of course, because it can only be accepted because you as consciousness has already accepted it. And why the heck would the mind reject it? That's fine when you know and you're listening to pure consciousness moving everything. Yeah. Whereas when you're in the world and it's me versus the world and my body and it's he- not healthy and I want it to be healthy and these things are running, accepting everything, that doesn't have value there at all. 
That's religion. That's not wisdom. You see? I do see. The question comes still, though. The question comes, like, should I then hang out in the dualistic world so I can reject my illness and get healed? (laughs) Well, I'd be interested in the desire to get healed. What would it be like to give yourself permission to crank up that desire? To crank it up? Mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable. It's actually pretty awful. Ah. But but yet. I'm cranking it up. Of course you are. You you, you want you you brought it up you brought it up here because you're tired of this long term illness. Cranking up the desire for anything is really uncomfortable. Yes, it is. Yes. It's not falling away. I still want to be healed. You still want to be healed. (laughs) All right. So, here's the thing with desires. No matter how uncomfortable it is, there's something in me that says, but if I try hard enough... All right. Then if you can't drop a desire, even though you see through it and you know it's desire, if you can't drop it, then follow it through. Follow it through. Then give yourself permission to have that desire and go after it. It's like, all right, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes and drop my spiritual beliefs and go into the core belief system that I have around this illness. If that means being angry, if that means just do, be non-spiritual around it. Just let it all milk show itself. So we see what's hiding under the illness. That's what I'm after. What's hiding in there. I just don't want to do that now. Sure. It's... Yeah. There's no point. Ah, oh, really? I mean, there's no point in fighting. There's no point in amping up desire. Hmm. But yet, you, you have an illness that you want to get yeah. rid of. Yeah. So who's telling me that there's no point in amping up desire? Because the desire is there. The part that tried to magnify it. When I tried to magnify it, it's like, yeah, you're right. I'm playing a shell game here. Yes, you are. You're hiding from yourself. Yeah. I'm also a little lost. That's all right, because I'm kind of pulling all kinds of things yeah. out, and it's like you, you, you're going to be looking for something to grasp onto. It's all right. Just trying to remember what you're saying. It's all right. <laughs> I can't remember. understand what you're saying. It's giving me a challenge right now. It's okay. It's okay, because yeah. that's, that, that's part of it, because yeah. it, it, it's just like, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a bit of a deer in the headlights with this work. That's okay. Yeah. Can you come again during the weekend at some point? Yeah. That would be really good. Yeah. Okay. Come and cook for the whole thing if you can. And let's pull it apart. Okay. You know, but, but it's, it, it's like, okay, we've pulled a few things out and it feels like that needs to kind of not try and glue itself back again because I'm reluctant to go into the next level because it's like, we need this to kind of stay pulled apart. Okay. You know? <clears throat> I'll do it. Yeah, great. 
Mind is tricky, huh? Yeah? The layers that it plays, no? The layers and pulls in ideas and, you know, belief systems and bits of conditioning and then the spiritual belief system and, and, and it just turns everything around then in order to keep its own story going, you know? This is what it can do. It's amazing. Amazing. It's just so creative, huh? to what the other folks have been uh-huh. talking about. Sure, even if it's completely off the subject, it's fine too. Well, it sort of fits into the motif. Right. My yes. <laughs> Can we bring it closer to you? It's only a Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, many years ago I had a similar experience, had an out-of-body experience, you know. And I experienced myself uh, in, in perceiving... I was in. I'm like that. You see, what's that? What is it? Yeah, exactly. How do you mean? What is it? What What is there? You know, it's sort of like, what's there? That's me. Empty. There's nothing. Okay. Fundamentally. Okay. And I and I know that. So, and then the body was across the room, and I was. Um, an awareness, right? I'm an awareness that is empty. So that creates a stress in living here. It happened many years ago and makes me kind of, it, it makes it's sort of like stranger in a strange land. And I was looking for, we don't have a culture for this. <coughs> and, that, and that was very, and it still is very stressful even to talk about it. Um, so then I stumbled across, you know, people like Nisargadatta, uh, Steve Walensky does a hell of a job, you know, and I do feel, uh, to some degree, I mean, I, I just soak it up. It's like, oh God, I'm home, you know, I just, it's so nice. It calms me down. Okay, so even speaking to you about it, that's sort of like, um, the physicality is, like that, you know. There's there's so much stress, and I took um, I got sick a while a while back, and I took this course in uh, cranial sacral therapy, which is a calming down of the physical body. But then, what happens when the physical body calms down? A lot that is suppressed starts coming up. Yes. So there I was with a lot of uh, energy moving through. And the the human the vibrational frequency of this form is so intense that it makes me nervous. Okay. 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 And um, I kind of shake around, even though I'm trying to get a give it the diet a, a, a better diet. So you know the neurotransmitters and yada da and yak 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 with the energetic phenomenon of it. And uh, so that's how I'm kind of walking around these days. And then I'm, my nephew got very ill, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to live and so on and so on. And I was down here uh, recently, and I got really caught up in, and it all makes me very sad, in that dimension. Because 
you know, it's a cancer thing, they don't know, and so forth. And so it's all about detoxing the body and juicing the body. And I am being that because that is the, the reality of the moment. It is true, and it makes me very stressed, right? It is true I can back off and then come back and see the relativity and, and you know, know that uh, nothing here really matters. And that gets me nervous, too, right? And what I think I'm de- trying to deal with is like, uh, okay, how do you get through this? You know, it's sort of, there was a time when I was completely functioning as an ego-based identity. I had goal orientation. Uh, the retirement program, the house, da-da-da, blah, 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 you know? Okay, so that's kind of dissipated, and I'm getting older, so I have to deal with physical body death anyway. Might as well jump on board. The next question is, how do you, how do you just sort of do that? You know, these are the realities of what is here. This is an energetic illusion, it's multidimensional, and this form is not who I am, I am in relationship to it, however, I'm experiencing an awful lot of density, and there's the reality of functioning with others, like nephews becoming ill and stuff like that. So I am finding this a tremendous challenge, because when you open this up, we are now talking about a new journey that is unknown. And if somebody's, uh, you know, so, uh, that's why I listen to Steve or, or Nisargadatta, you know, because, uh, you know, some of these fellows really have, Steve is, is good with multidimensional ego-based reality and stuff like that. So I find this, it's sort of like they kind of help on how to do this. The, the biggest thing now is sort of like um, trying to get the relaxation response going. Yes. You know, that yes. is the big deal. Because I realize this is a frequency-based illusion. I can't get jazzed about much anymore in the same way. Yes. Uh, and I'm not quite, you know, I'm here, you know, in other words, I'm in relationship to it. But it's like being in Disneyland. It's just a moving picture of some kind. Yes. And then when I sleep, the picture isn't there. You know, the body sleeps, yes. the picture's not there. And, um, and I'm nothing. So that's, that's my... So anything, anything you have to say to... Uh, I feel like Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> the existential angst of it all, you know? <laughs> And what the hell's going on? I don't know what's going on. I thought when I got older, I'd know what was going on. You know? I, I, I don't know what's going It's like it appears. This, this, I am, this is just appearing here. Yes. And one can proceed on a linear dimension. You know, in other words, you get up, you brush your teeth, and, you know, you do whatever, clean the house, and, you know, whatever. Linear dimension... Uh, reality, although there's a lot more going on. That's that's just a, a, a very small perceptic dimensional plane. And I'm trying to kind of just be calm with with what I am aware of. You know, just try to. But I'm I um so I'm trying to work through that.
that, I think. I, I feel a lot of uh, misemotion about it. Misemotion. Misemotion, like, it's not like, oh my God, it's all wonderful. Forget that. I don't have that at all. Yeah. It is a, it's, it's, uh, it's not blissful. I mean, look, when I, my body got sick. I mean, my body was in terror. It was contracted. I didn't know if I was going to live or die. I know basically I wasn't going to die, okay? Yeah. But that's the body. Didn't I didn't psychologically feel that way. And then when I went to the hospital, they, they're like meat market, Kafka, you know, they're, here are the pills, here are the pills. I mean, I don't know what these people are talking about. And then they want to rip things out of the body. I mean, you know, this is a very odd place. So that's all I know. It is a wild, it's like a roller coaster ride to me. And it opens up, and you you know you just have to say okay, you know okay. That's but it makes me it, there's a physic there's a sadness associated. So maybe it's a growing pain or just being comfortable in the boots of what you you're walking into, because you know uh, body death. I mean, come on, everybody does it. I, it. There's no need to be frightened. I mean, after a while, it's the most normal thing going, and yet there's a physicality. And it's an illusion to begin with. So, man, I mean, what the hell is, you know, going on here? It is so way out to me. It is way out. So what if mind no longer was to engage in existential questions? I'd be a lot calmer. (laughs) Could we welcome that in? Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Let me see. Give me a second now. Of course. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of perceiving going on, you know? And you're right about that. Because when it when you just stay uh in the moment without all of those perceptions and the pictures and the energies and not trying to figure it out and just okay, this is what is now, there's a calm. There really is. And I feel the breathing go. The breathing is good. Yeah. Instead of trying to figure the moving picture out. If I could just moment to moment it. It's not your gig to figure out. If it was on your path, I'd tell you. I'd tell you, you've got to paint it. You've got to do something about it. If I would yell there's no one there to do anything. Don't give me a spiritual answer now. We're talking about you phenomenally dealing with something. Do you, do you know? That's jumping. That's a spiritual concept. Not, not to me it isn't. But you see, if there's nobody there to do anything about it, then there's nobody who's sitting on the chair here and there's no issue. So, end of story. But that, in truth, is the, is the fact. Yeah, but let, we're talking the phenomenal now. So the let's phenomenal. have space for the phenomenal. Okay, so it's a phenomenal. Your phenomenal destiny, it, it's, it's like you hit the frequency of the Woody Allens and the philosophers, the existential the philosophers. You hit that frequency, but it's actually not your gig. I don't see it in your destiny to be someone who exposes that or writes about it or, you know... Shows people a way to work through those existential questions. It's like you just hit the experience of it, but actually, you've you've. It's not your gig to figure it out. You actually can't figure it out. 
What we can do, though, is take you away from that frequency. Well, I'll be honest with you. In truth, I don't think it is to be figured out. Uh, the illusion is not, to me, is not to be figured out. I mean, I find more peace in, in um, there's, the there's this whole perception. Yeah, so there's a perception. You know, so what? Okay, so if we can pull you back to where perceiving happens, it's yeah. a step further back, yeah. but where the labeling of what is perceived stops. Right. Your labeling mechanism is full on right. as though it's it's one of your it's a destiny thing for you. It's one of your life's missions yeah. to actually do something with it. There's a mismatch happening. Do you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're driven like somebody who's who who is going to offer some angle on that existential argument. But but what the door isn't open for you to actually do something with it, right? So it must feel kind of torturous, actually. It must, because it's, it's all churning around inside you, and you must feel like you're plugged into the socket on the wall or something, the plug on the wall sometimes. You must, because there's no place for it to go through, because it's not in your destiny to paint or to turn it into a movie or to, you know, write poetry about it. It's, it's, it's not there. You, you can't actually run it through your system. Right. So it's almost like the experience of it is being had, but it's not on your gig to, to, to do something with it. What is on your gig is to unplug from it and stop the labeling system. Right. Right? Right. The labeling is where you have yet to work. Right. So for the, the difference between perceiving where something is seen and something, a pumpkin. Is that what they're called? Whatever. Wow. Squash. Okay. And you know, <laughs> a little pumpkin. Yeah. So, so the labeling mechanism. I'm aware of activating the labeling system, right. but the place of pure perceiving where nothing is seen—that's normal. That's home for me. That's my normal mo, where I just don't see things at all. I, I, I just don't label them. I'm up yeah, above the mind, mind trip. Yeah. yeah, label. Exactly. The yeah, labeling yeah. doesn't happen. And without right. labeling, things don't take hold. Right. We've got right. to get you to the place of perceiving without labeling. Right. 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 Just being, yeah. Now, the reason that the labeling is still in place is quite likely because your system was so amped up, your nervous system was so amped up for so long that it kind of doesn't realize that actually, you know, the panic button's gone. It's, it's, you don't need it anymore. Right. You don't need it anymore. But something in your system is, is used to being amped up, to being on alert. So, so the labeling is now about existential stuff because everything else has fallen away. Well, in functioning, it can be like that. You know, I was in business and yet it Yeah. Right? So you right. get very survival. You want to survive. Yeah. We were, you know, built, yeah. whatever. That's it. Right? So you have an ego-based identity who's attempting to survive, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's it's made up, but you know you you got to put a roof over your of head. Course. And you blah, of blah, course, of course, we play the game. Of course. So it is it is unhinging, right? It's unhinging from that quote unquote survival. Yes. Uh, yes. Persona. Yes. And then just chilling out in yes. in, a, in a way to yeah, it's winding down your nervous system from right. the fight or flight from the survival exactly. mode. Exactly. And craniosacral therapy is fantastic for that. But continue to go, like go every whatever, 
whatever you can afford. Just build it in, that that's your goal, that you've got to keep going in there. You have to retrain your system. But you've got to work as a spiritual practice on not labeling. labeling. Find out what it is to perceive without labeling. And you'll find that you won't be solidifying life as you experience it now. You won't solidify it because the yeah, labeling mechanism solidifies you're, you're your experience. Right. It's sort of like I'm still being human, you know. The human, I'm still identifying with the mind-body dimensional matrix. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You're going into the labeling and and we're trying to survive. Yeah, sure. And, and that's sure. that's, uh, that's right. Uh, you know, trying to survive. Yeah. I mean, you can. You'll always do that. Yeah. And. The thing. That's what I haven't said. Knowing, like, I am really not... Uh, survival is an illusion. I mean, you know... Um, yeah, but yeah, but we're talking about phenomenally now. So phenomenally, we've got to bring you to a place of rest. And we've got some more spiritual practice to do so that you, so that you can see when labeling happens and you don't do it. You've got to do craniosacred or something to deregulate, to, to, to re- reset your nervous system, so that it's not running the survival mode. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Your experience in the world will completely change if you do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give it a try, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll work relax, if you do yeah. it. Oh, yeah, completely relax. Yeah, but the pattern will be, oh, my God, I feel half dead here doing nothing. And you'll, you'll, you'll find that the adrenaline from the survival will be like a drug, and you'll yeah. miss it. So go into the DTs. Say, no, I'm not, I'm not going there for my hit. I'm not going there. You will have withdrawal symptoms. Expect them. Ah, yes. Expect them. Uh-huh. And don't go there. Have a glass of water. Say, no, I'm not. I'm just having a glass of water here. And my system is going to have to learn how right. to go back to a blueprint. Right, right, right. Just calm down. Yeah. Go out in nature. Nature has the blueprint. Yeah. It, it reminds us. It's constantly uh, trying to wake up that blueprint in us, but we whiz through it and we don't see a friggin' thing. Stay in our head when we're in the park, you know? Right, right, right. Let, let nature tell you. What's your frequency? What's your frequency? Right, yeah. And then picking up frequency. You know, you, you get into environments and... The, the labeling is making a lot of that happening. Okay. All right, here. Yeah. yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, do it. It'll work if you do it. It'll yeah. Work. Okay, thanks. Yeah, sure. You're right. Okay. Is it a quickie? Yeah, it's a quickie. Okay. I just want you to look at me and tell me what I'm supposed to be doing and what my gig is, <laughs> what my next step is up the ladder. Because sometimes I have experiences, sometimes I don't have anything going on. It's like I don't really know where I am or what I'm supposed to be doing, and I feel kind of frustrated and almost like I don't know if I've I'm at a place where I, I feel a little bit calmer now so that I don't have the need to, like, listen, like, read your book all the time or, you know, like, or if I'm regressing 
or I just am wondering because I watch you with people and I think that you have the capability to read people and that's what I love about you is that you can relate to everybody where they are and so I can't figure anything out and I want to progress because I'm still very attached to my ego so I just want to know what the next step would be for me have you made a bucket list uh no okay are you coming tomorrow yeah. Okay, see if you can do it tonight or in the morning. Okay. Start it tonight and go back to it in the morning. Okay. Like, what are the things you phenomenally need to experience? Okay. That's a funny facial expression from you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I don't have when I don't. I used to have that stuff and I don't really have it anymore. But maybe I do. I'm I wondering if you do. Write it down. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if you really check in. I think uh, what what, I, what, I, what I'm feeling is that that you're able to just let it go, but actually, I'd love to give you the opportunity to actually know what is precious in my heart. What would I really enjoy doing? I don't care if I have to throw it out or not. I'm going to give myself the space of allowing myself to just. What do I want to do? I've got this. Capacity, while this movie is presenting as real, I've got this capacity to have experiences. What are the ones I want to have that I'd like to have? Because something has been thrown out. There's experiences that you, you need to have. Mm-hmm. It's literally consciousness wants, is using you to have them. Do you know? Yes. So, so experiences that you need to have are kind of just, just too much in the background. And it's like, you know, some of these need to, they actually need to happen to you. And if we can get them back on the chart and get rid of ones that really are actually I don't really need to do that but I was just playing with the idea of it if we can refine down to the list actually I really do if I'm totally honest with myself I want to do these 11 things or 40 things or 3 things I really do want to do these at some stage of my life if we can find that that part that honours your phenomenal life okay. we need to honour something in your phenomenal life because that's got to be done those things got to be done that's why it feels a bit no man's land. Yeah. Because some part of you is kind of after jumping over, to, over those and it's like, oh God, there's no, there's normal life things that you've got to do. Okay. Good. Okay, so make the list and let me know. Huh? All right, I will. All right. Thank you very sure. much. You're welcome very much. Okay, a lot of tired faces. Thank you for staying awake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for your time this evening and uh, we'll be here in the morning at 10.30 and we'll continue on until 5 we'll take tea coffee breaks and a lunch break organically at some point during the day and we'll do the same on Sunday I hope you can come and let's just do this dance and see what we unravel eh? and thank you for supporting each other and for holding such a nice space It's, um, it's something that's quite unique to Carlsbad so thank you Good night, everybody. Good night.